This is the K-Pop Cast, bringing you the best scenes and ideas in K-drama each week. I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm Gee Dragon. And hello, everybody. It's your PD Nim, Michaela. And welcoming to the show for the very first time, we have a special guest, my dear friend, Cynthia Yu. <laughs> Cynthia, welcome. Hello, hello. Yeah, please uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, who, who are you? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm... Well, I actually wanted to start by saying I'm so happy to be here, you know, hey. dishing on K-dramas with Stephanie and the crew. Um, but yeah, as for intr- an introduction, I teach at a Korean university in Seoul, and I also love to talk about K-dramas and films at a weekly segment on KBS Radio with Lena Park. You mean THE Lena Park? Nanan Katsuda? Yeah. Yeah, she <laughs> loves, I mean, no, she is a huge nerd when it comes to like, she catches a lot of dramas, both, you know, Korean and, you know, American ones as well. So, yeah, we do love to talk mm-hmm. on and off air about these shows that we're sort of, you know, standing on. Love so it. cool. I'll have to yes. check that out. Yes, we'll have to um, get links to your KBS radio show and, and put them in our episode description. We'll talk about that Wonderful. at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for this special K-Drama Cast episode, we're bringing you the best scenes and ideas in the glory. Okay, we're diving into a discussion about bullying and revenge in K-Drama, focusing on the chart-topping Netflix blockbuster, The Glory, starring Song Hye-kyo. Just a little extra context about, um, you know, why we're having this discussion right now in the present moment. So last time on the K-Drama cast, we asked whether Extraordinary Attorney Woo, another popular Netflix drama, really moved the discussion forward on social issues like autism. You know, that's that's the narrative that was going on in the press, that Attorney Woo is like changing the world, changing the discussion about mental health issues. And we, we were quite critical about that. But today we're turning our focus to the glory and whether it's really moving that needle on the global conversation about bullying, especially given recent news, like just hot off the press, recent news that the Korean government has announced new legislation cracking down on school bullying, citing shows like the glory in their official remarks. But before we dive in, don't forget to join the K-pop cast community on Slack and sign up for hard-hitting editorial in our newsletter. Links to those in the episode description. haven't seen the glory i guess the quick elevator pitch is the the glory originally airing in 2022 is the years after suffering horrific abuse in high school a woman puts an elaborate revenge scheme in motion to make the perpetrators pay for their crimes Ooh, yeah. i'm getting chills <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so why is the glory like the hottest thing on global television right now? Mm-hmm. Why is it all over the news? Um, like I can just na- name a few reasons, but feel free to jump in. It is the comeback of the queen, Song Hye Kyo. Right. <laughs> yeah. After right. the it's- other Song, right? Her ex-husband, mm-hmm. right? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. right? Song Had a- yeah. <laughs> right? It's it was like it was sort of back to back. Song Song. True. <laughs> Mm. You know, his show that, you know, was incredibly popular here in Korea, like end Uh, of 2022 with Reborn Rich, Mm -hmm. which I think was an unfortunate title given, like the Korean title is so much more interesting. The youngest son of the Chebor. Ah, okay. So, but yeah, so I thought it was kind of a fun, I don't know if they planned it all like that, but it was, it was it was kind of cute, kind of a bookender feeling. Yeah, yeah. Although I think Song's, Song Yegyo's, um The Glory made a bigger impact sort of globally. Definitely. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's also part of like a rise of K-dramas on Netflix since Squid Game and yes. some of the others. Yeah. There's just been a yeah. lot of demand, I think, for Korean entertainment um, mm-hmm. on Netflix. Yeah, since, since 2020, there's definitely been like waves. Like we had crash landing on you kind of get people yeah. and then right. there was squid game and now we're in this era of of the glory which again has has reached so many people even even my my older sister who never in a million years would i have thought mm. would watch a k-drama with me meets me at the gym and is like hey michaela have you heard of the glory oh, i finished wow. it like two weeks ago and i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> what you didn't come to me first. <laughs> exactly. So it, the the impact, especially here in the U.S. for this show is is very clear, essentially, right, for, for how intense I believe most people, especially in the, watching the first episode, feel that the portrayal of like bullying is like that was that was her first comment to me. Like she was so surprised by how in visceral and scary almost that those scenes were when she first started watching it. Though, so, to be honest, I kind of fast forwarded through some of the more like yeah. difficult scenes. It was just kind of too hard. But from the descriptions that I've read, <laughs> um, because I didn't mm-hmm. quite watch the scenes and get fast forwarded those scenes, they said that it wasn't as direct, right? I mean, the way a lot mm-hmm. of these kind of portrayals of you know, torture, you know, it's a little bit in the background or maybe the after effects rather than the much more direct portrayal. Am I correct in that? I don't know, man. It was pretty direct. Yeah. I I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. I think, I think it was overly graphic, like Mm. more graphic than it needed to be Mm -hmm. because bullying can be, it doesn't have to be outright physical to be extremely harmful. Right. Um, psychologically or emotionally or even physically sometimes there are ways you can hurt people without like, you know, going over their whole body with a hot iron. And this show made it like a point to show that in graphic detail, which kind of actually like zooming yeah, in and like yeah. and lingering on it. And then they showed us the husband like beating the wife, like mercilessly. And it actually kind of came across as like... um over overdone honestly like it made me think the show is making light of it actually by showing it in that much graphic detail i'm like do these people not have their own problems that they are they need to like (laughs) see this in this kind of graphic detail it's pretty horrible 
And they, they showed the, the curling iron scene or versions of that multiple times mm-hmm. throughout yeah, the that's show. Right. It's like, yes, we got it. We got it already. We know what happened. But then they showed it again. You can say they did that because a lot of that is based off of a real thing that actually True, happened. Yeah. Specifically, mm-hmm. the curling iron imagery is very uh, significant in that story back in 2006 where a a student was actually physically bullied and abused by other students. Yeah. You know, last year we had a, there was another Netflix original and it kind of slipped my mind until yesterday, Mm. Juvenile Justice that starred Kimesu. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was actually quite, I mean, the dramatizations were also based on real life stories and mm. it you know and a lot of the stories were about abuse from classmates or from you know parents yeah. and friends and whatnot and I don't remember like I I actually watched it all the way through and I quite enjoyed the series and I don't remember yeah. kind of having to oh I, oh I can't watch this right mm-hmm. fast forward you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah. I you know I cried I was kind of angered you know I went through all those you know the tears and the shouting at the screen so yeah um I guess we'll talk about this later on but maybe juvenile justice is a good example of what we mean by a drama dramatization versus yeah yeah you know Mm -hmm. that's right there can you explain that word (laughs) yeah makjang um makjang is actually it means sort of fermented bean paste. <laughs> <laughs> like something? So, yeah, it is. And it made me think of, um, you know, how I, one of my favorite, you know, um, adjectives is cheesy. <laughs> oh, mm. I see. Uh, I see. Yeah. Like my husband always says, you always say something, you always say that's cheesy or it's cheesy or whatever. And basically, yeah, I think it has the same connotation. It, it stinks. It's a little stinky. Yeah. It's cheesy. <laughs> over the it's top. It's a little yeah. and one-dimensional. Over yes, the top one and one-dimensional. One mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they made bullying like this very one-dimensional thing in uh, The Glory, which I actually thought is a, does a disservice to a lot of the ways that um, bullying, which in my opinion is like a consequence of oppression and the hierarchy. Like it does a disservice of all the different ways it can actually show up in our lives Mm. to be like, Oh, it has to be this like extreme curling iron um, kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And matcha, I guess, I mean, the equivalent would be just the soap, you know, the soap opera, the afternoon, morning soap opera, (laughs) where there's, you know, in terms of storytelling, the characters sort of their motivations aren't fully explored. Sometimes you're not quite sure why the yeah. plot line moves from, <laughs> you know, A to Z like that. <laughs> right, or right. A lot of characters are just used as plot devices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of cardboard characterizations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, a, you know, you find it all over, which also begs the question. People love makjang. People mm-hmm. love soap operas. Folks yep. love um, telenovelas. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm an example. I've watched every season of Love featuring Marriage and Divorce, which is oh, wow. a perfect example of Ooh, Netflix but, original Makjangs. But funny. she is a master, you're the writer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're in the master's hands, so <laughs> you're in their <laughs> Yes. Okay, so with, with that said, is the glory a Makjang? 
Or what do, what do you think, Cynthia? Yeah, um, you know, the thing is, on the face of it, it looks like uh, uh, a different genre, right? Mm. Like the sort of thriller, mm-hmm. very sort of dramatic thriller, mm-hmm. right? Because it's revenge thriller. And in a revenge thriller is a genre unto itself. But yeah. I guess what makes it really soap opera-ish, more so in part two than I think in part one, mm. is that in part two, like the uh, antagonists, the bullies just became like unbelievably, I don't know, not mana-esque, but just unbelievably comical. Yeah. <laughs> that they lose all sort of dramatic kind of oomph as yes. the opponent. Yes. They're losers. That's a great way they're, to put it. Yeah. Oh my God. They yeah. Absu- there they're are no, bumbling. Yes. There are absolutely uh, no dramatic stakes, right? Mm-hmm, no. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just Correct. comic relief, right? Yeah. And <laughs> how far you can push the buttons in terms of making a gross characterization of mm-hmm. not yes. only bullies, but also addicts and, mm-hmm. you know, oh. sex oh, yeah. addicts, yes. drug addicts. Yes. You know, yeah. So at the end, people are, it's just a shock factor. Mm-hmm. Yes, shock factor. Exactly. I was like, what's this word? Like gritty, edgy, shock value. Like you could, I I, I, I think that the the producers or the writers many times were going for it. They were hoping that people would talk about this show on the same level as like American movies. Yeah. Like the the grit. Mm-hmm, the, ooh, mm-hmm. they went there. Ooh, like and and it, yeah. it, that's ju- juvenile in a way. So like, right. Oh, there's a sex scene on the couch. Oh, there's a titty. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, we saw. Yeah, yeah exactly. we saw. You know, bare <laughs> boobs. Oh my god. Well, I thought that scene was totally unnecessary. Yeah. That that and it's that just scene, like who are both, you? Who is this for? Both that scene in in episode one with me reminded me that oh right, this is a yeah. Netflix show. This is mm-hmm. not yeah. something that is airing on any Korean oh, yes. network. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Didn't remind me All of right. really okay drama. <laughs> That brings us. Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, like when I saw that the director PD was Adam Girho and he Mm. worked on Stranger or Pimita Soup, I Mm. kind of had higher expectations for this show. Um, But I think some of like Kim Eun-suk's sort of past, you know, work Mm. and maybe, I don't know, um, maybe uh, folks decided to ramp it up for part two, right? Yeah. It just seemed like it didn't meet my expectations, I think, mm-hmm. if you were mm-hmm. expecting something like Stranger or Kimita mm. Soup in this yep. drama. Yeah. 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 I think that kind of brings us to the the question of Netflix K-dramas in general. And what is it about? There, there's something different about them. And for me, it's not necessarily a good thing. There's something about... Um, Mm, yeah, the the wanting to seem edgy, wanting to seem gritty, wanting to get like chasing media coverage or chasing that trending spot mm-hmm. in the U.S. viewership that takes it out. It, it, it kind of removes the X factor that makes me like K-drama. What's your X factor? Then I, I'm trying mm-hmm. to, I've been thinking about yeah. that, trying to put it into words. And I think about the dramas that I think that I really loved. Um, and they, they covered issues like 
like bullying and abuse as well. Something like misang, mm. something yeah. like uh, naya just yeah, or even. Um, um, all right, I feel bad for the people who like the glory, like no, no shade, like people can like what they like. <laughs> but um, the one good thing I have to say about this show is that it made me watch um, Napa Nengmyeon. Oh, no, Napa Namja. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> my claim is terrible. I can't believe Napa you said Namja. that. I, told, I, I knew I was going to get it wrong. Bad my news. bad. bad. My bad. <laughs> Okay, that's I know, I was thinking here. No, I didn't know there was a Sorry. documentary. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad boy. There was, with, yeah, that, yeah, um, bad, I forget bad the boy. actor's name. Song Jun Ki, wasn't it? Oh, no, no. Or, no, that was the, the that was a Chuck Kim Nam Gil. Yeah, Kim Nam Gil. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Han Gain. Yeah, Han Gain and Kim Nam. Yeah. Yeah, Kim Jae. Because to Stephanie's point, um, that, that show um, talks, uh, our deals with bullying and deals with like being um, kind of treated poorly, especially by like the upper classes, which is very similar to the glory. And there's, there's like a lot of um, parallels also in the characters between Dongun and uh, Gunwook. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. that show, like the characters were all fully realized. There were very, very few one dimensional characters and there was a lot of humor mm-hmm. and there was a lot of like emotions and vulnerability expressed through the main character which I felt like was missing from the glory. And it's kind of like missing from a lot of the Netflix K-dramas. There's kind of like this sense, and this might be a little bit like political, but like there's this sense that it's being watched, right, by the by Westerners. And so it's, and it's funded by Netflix. And so it's like, it's just kind of like an American show, but with Korean people in it. Um, and it doesn't feel relaxed. It doesn't feel, um, like authentic, honestly, in the way that like bad boy does, um, or a lot of those other like the tension is on mm-hmm. 10. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah I, th- I think we're getting somewhere with this, that there's something around, um, K drama's ability to write, write characters that you can relate to even when they're bad like even when they do harm or even if they're, they're taking revenge, um, it, even the people being targeted for revenge, you can, you're like, oh man, I see why she did that. Oh man. I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, um, there's a, I don't want to say restraint, but there's a, a level of subtlety mm-hmm. and pacing as well. Mm. Building the tension slowly and then releasing some, having some moments of levity and joking and teasing, playful teasing between characters, um, flirting stuff um, that was just, I think, in the glory more ham fisted Mm -hmm. or forced. Well, the problem I saw with the glory in that is you're right. In almost every K-drama, there are supporting characters for comic relief. Yeah. Right. But usually they're sort of the good guys or, you know, the sort of relatable mm. characters. They're not usually the bullies themselves, bullies mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. But in this show, <laughs> the bullies were the comic relief, right? Right. And not only did that sort of take the edge off their characters. Yeah. But it was kind of like, are we supposed to sympathize with them? Because I think that's right. what happened with part one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I wonder if in part two, um, the writer is like, 
writing team decided, oh, maybe we made them a little too sympathetic or, you know. Mm. So instead of making them just comic relief, in part two, I think they just turned out to be like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Cartoonish. Like villains. Ghastly. Yes. Like, yes. You know, like especially yes. the Sarah character. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. I mean, Ooh. I know I, I just, I was so turned off by that character that characterization. Mm-hmm. And I've actually spoken about this with like a couple of my students and they even said they don't understand why her addiction was mm-hmm. characterized that way. Yeah. You Can know? you say more about that? Yeah. I mean, what they, like, um, you know, the student that I spoke to was in her mid twenties and she said, you know, in Korea, alcohol addiction is so much more of a huge problem than mm-hmm. drug addiction. And she just didn't understand why Sarah's character was portrayed as this almost like, like, I mean, addiction is a disease, right? It's not quite sort of like an evil character tr- flaw, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, don't we all sort of suffer to one form and, of addiction mm-hmm. or another? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mine might be yeah. a trauma addiction. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Coping <laughs> sure. with this. Yes, great point. But yeah. she, her, she was just characterized as someone who just totally unredeemable, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm. I think they used her backstory as the daughter of, a, you know, priest, of, sorry, a minister to make that point. Mm-hmm. You know, that incredible mm-hmm. scene, I guess, um, when she's caught, is, it, is she caught masturbating? I yes. think so, yeah. <laughs> yes. Shooting up and masturbating. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so over the top. Yeah. Um, like why? I love the joke that the the actress, uh, Ki, Kim Hiora said. Like her, when it comes like to what each character is, who or who each character loves in the drama, and she just says Sarah just loves like God, quote unquote. Essentially, she just loves herself. Like her her character is just one dimensionally only in love with whatever gives her pleasure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah, lazy yeah. writing it's, it's, of someone. She's clearly mm-hmm. suffered a lot and is going through a lot of pain, you know. But then she's written as this like all of all of the the villains are written as these like cackling ha ha ha, ha Disney villains just taking pleasure in uh, Yeah, all I, I think you, you mentioned people. Cynthia that in uh-huh. mm-hmm. they all indulge yeah. in self-harm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. all they do. That's all they do. There's no break. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes them like not compelling for me to watch. I don't care yes, what happens to yeah. them anymore. It was so unsatisfying. I mean, it got to the point where, yeah, I literally didn't care. I kind of was hoping that Dongun's plan would fail, honestly, because Dongun annoyed the crap out of me by the end. Because the villains were so not compelling, like like Cynthia was saying, they're like comic relief, you know? That uh, it didn't just like kind of ruin the point that the show was kind of making as a whole, but it actually just kind of ruined like my rooting for Dongun herself because <gasps> no, it just like <laughs> didn't matter to me. It, like she became just as annoying as the rest of the villains were mm-hmm. because I was like, these people are super self-destructive anyway. Like, what's the point in Dongun trying to get revenge on them? They're like, like Cynthia was saying, they're losers. Like, who cares <laughs> if you get revenge on these people? Um, but I also think it just, it's part of a larger 
like really oppressive theme, which is that like, there's two things that come out and I'll try to be quick. One is that the social order is like a meritocracy, like Mm. they're rich and they don't deserve it anymore because they were bullies. But if they was, if they weren't bullies, then they would deserve all of this, you know, power and wealth that they have, which Mm. isn't true. And then second of all, that if you're a victim, like like the second of all, that like, there's only two kinds of people, oppressors and victims, which is Yeah, you're one or the other. Mm. Yeah. And if you're a victim, then you don't have to worry about your moral choices. Because, you know, you're um, on the receiving end. But that's not true. Like, we're all oppressors and we're all victims. And so Dongun's actions, like, don't justify the means, even Mm -hmm. if she was victimized by these people. And I'm not saying don't get revenge or don't fight Mm -hmm. back against oppression or don't confront people who are hurting you. Um, But this this idea that um, it's like uh, if someone has sinned or if someone has, like, broken a law or done something quote unquote evil that we can just do whatever we want to them. That's not usually applied to the people in power. Like that's usually applied to the marginalized people. And so it kind of reinforces the the actual bullying is actually reinforced by shows like the drama Mm. because now, because who's usually the bully, right? It's like, it's not usually the like goody two shoes kids, right? The good, the good grades kids. It's usually the like rascals, you know, the rough, the riffraff that are, designated as bullies by schools. And so now they're going to get even harsher punishments um, and be even more ostracized than they already are. Anyway, that that's like, <laughs> I was like, if you're going to portray bullying like this, it's it's actually doing a disservice to, to marginalized people. Yeah, I think it makes what you, your point makes sense. And I noticed um, the um, research done by Michaela, right? Mm-hmm. That when you look at... Uh, you know, bullying the perpetrators, right? They come from a variety of backgrounds, right? They're not the super rich or the elites mm-hmm. category that we saw in the glory. And I think juvenile justice mm-hmm. that came out last year does a much better portrayal of investigating into, you know, um, young people, the problems that they encounter, you know, the sort of the conflict or dynamic between perpetrators and victims, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That it's not just a class issue. Although I think Kim Eun-soo, I think I read a little bit into her background and she grew up fairly poor Mm -hmm. um, and she had to take care of her young brother sort of on her own. She was kind of like a sonyo gajang or, you know, the firstborn Korean you know, daughter who Eldest takes care daughter, of everybody. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I have a feeling maybe she encountered it or experienced some of this growing up because you see her Sonyo Gajang character in a lot of her dramas, right? Tokebi mm. as well, remember? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if, you know, there isn't some of her or her own story or her history in some of these characters and stories. Mm. Totally, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I heard PD name like um, audibly, <laughs> audibly <laughs> groan when I said I wanted Dongun to fail. So. Yeah, there there are a few things because I love this show so much. Yeah, talk about <laughs> it. I'm in love with Moon Dongun. Like <laughs> in, in comparison, when we talked about uh, watching Bad Guy, and I watched yeah, yeah. I watched most of it. I, I skipped through some parts. Oh of it. yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah. <laughs> I was not in love with him as a character. I mm. preferred Moon Dongun mm-hmm. over uh, Kim Nang Gil's character. <laughs> What was what? his name? <laughs> okay, uh, all right. Let's hear it. We'll hear it. Like, yeah. that's, for, that's great. That's mm-hmm. great. Go for, for a it. few reasons. One, for, for those who haven't seen Bad Guy, 
um, his revenge for me kind of reminded me of of this of a very. I, I think for me, it's like the, it's a very like masculine, like a John Wick, like. Oh, mm. my family is dead. My dog is dead because of you guys. <laughs> so yeah. now I yeah. must get the dog is a bit nice. Yeah, that was I overkill. Have this, I, I have this small scar on my back and you've, you've, you've brutally mutilated my body and I can never be beautiful or whatever. Like versus what uh, Song Hye Kyo is doing in the show where she is, you know, unlike Kim Nam Gil, who is like very, you know, expressive, emotional. Mm-hmm. He, he has... Uh, you know, a more dynamic character. Song Hye Kyo in this is very reserved. She's very mm-hmm. hidden. And her body is w- extremely mutilated. Mm. Like in Bad Guy, he's he's using his body to seduce these people in order to get his revenge. Like mm-hmm. he's causing affairs. Like with, with Song Hye Kyo and Moon Dong Eun, she's not using her body. Her body is completely covered. It's more mm-hmm. of her... She's already given so much of her body, so now she's going to use her her skills and manipulate others to do things for her. Mm. And it's mm-hmm. that that metic- the meticulousness and the the seeing everything play out in the background while she herself is untouched. I found so much more satisfying than bad guy just watching him you know, kiss a woman and get caught and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because even when talking with my sister, she was like, oh, I wanted, I wanted Dong-un to sleep with with Do Do Young. Oh, the husband? To get back at Yeonjin. And I'm like, no, but that's not the point is she, she's not, while yeah, her, her, her revenge isn't necessarily justified. It's not like she's doing anything better than them. It's, it would hurt Yeonjin so much more. She would get so much more satisfaction out of Yeonjin seeing her husband, who only loved her because she was wearing so little clothes, going after this woman who was completely clothed. That's actually quite interesting, right? I mean, as a plot point that she always manipulates others Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to, you know, make mistakes and cause their own destruction, right? She Mm -hmm. kind of they're all, you know, they're all implosions, really, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a little, little in the funeral home, mm-hmm. right? So satisfying to watch for me, personally. <laughs> <laughs> and but, she just, like, know, yeah, knocks the one domino over and they just, like, crumble. Yeah. Gets a man mm-hmm. to kill her, his own father. <laughs> yeah, that was Whoa. With flowers? Top. That was... Yeah, yeah that with was, the flowers. Uh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess, but it was just so it was it it was comic relief to me. I was like, this dude who just found out like ten seconds ago that his dad, mm-hmm. you know, was mm-hmm. poorly treated, like one of his like probably thousands of students. He's gonna he's just gonna suddenly turn into a murderer because of that. <laughs> like I don't know, it just didn't. Yeah. It was mm. just too much. I was like, okay, whatever. And it <laughs> felt like most of her manipulations were like that, mm-hmm. where people just kind of did whatever she said for no reason. Um, or it didn't make, it didn't, uh, the show didn't make it like compelling, like why this person, mm-hmm. um, identified with Dong Gun. Cause like you said, she's very reserved. I mean, to the point of being completely emotionless, she mm-hmm. might as well have been cast as Keanu Reeves from John Wick. <laughs> right. That, that, you know what I mean? Comparison. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, yeah. why is, um, Hyun Nam, the uh, maid who catches her, mm-hmm. like going through the trash? Like, why does she identify with her or become friends with mm-hmm. her or follow her? 
especially because mm-hmm. she never actually fulfills her promise to help yeah. her with her and, domestic problem. And my, my answer for that, Amr, is something that Kim, <laughs> Kim Un-suk said in the drama is that, you know, hurt people can recognize other hurt people. You know, Yon-nam is being abused by her husband. She is also suffering under the hands of a bully and in her own way is relating to Dong-un through, mm-hmm. through that experience of, of not completely shared trauma, but somebody who has experienced such trauma that it's, you know, that she would want to kill her hus- her own husband. I mean, I was totally for that. I was like, get him. Like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, it was just so one-sided. Like, Donggu barely, the things that she did do to help her, I thought, were like actually infuriating, like separating mm-hmm. her from her daughter and making it seem like, Sending her daughter to this white woman in the United States is like uh, healthier okay, yeah. and I'll, like I'll agree glorifying with you. <laughs> that. You know what I mean? But but more yeah, not like telling show, her that she did it, not letting her right. say goodbye. Oh, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. And just like the show didn't show us. Like you might be right. Maybe she recognized like, oh, you're hurt. I'm hurt. Like let's fight this together. Even mm-hmm. in my experience, that doesn't happen instantly. It takes time for people to build that trust, even if they see that in each other. Mm-hmm. And then the show would have to show mm-hmm. that. Like, that's the point, right? That's, that's where the entertainment yeah. comes from. It's like, I want to see their, these characters develop. And like, how how do they come to trust each other? Like, why are yeah. they friends? When do they actually have each other's backs? And mm-hmm. it just didn't mm-hmm. exist in this show. Yeah, no, yeah. Even the doctor was like, yeah, I'll kill for you. I'll be your executioner. I'm like, why? <laughs> in these weird dialogues that were also... I'll be your executioner. <laughs> not compelling. <laughs> Best Sorry. pickup line. Okay, okay. That's, that's, Slash that's typical of, right, of, of Kim Mung's uh, drama where you're saying all these cheesy lines to, <laughs> for, the, for the sake of, uh, I, I, just know, I guess, didn't romance buy in that case. I didn't buy why anyone is doing the bidding of dong She apparently mm-hmm. had the hearts. She had won the hearts of all of these people, her mm-hmm. minions to go do stuff and I just couldn't see why she was never kind she never earned it from it's anyone true. and and you're right they don't show a lot like even in yeah. especially in the second half we see uh, that you know Chebol woman who at mm-hmm. the temple right who's, who's yeah. like oh Dongun like go teach like who is in love with her and is also very influential Chebol lady and you see all of that off screen somehow she's gotten in with her and is able to manipulate her to help her own revenge yeah I wish I could make connections like that I know networking level 10 yeah Oh gosh. So coming to the social impact of this drama, um, like I mentioned in the very beginning, news has just come out this past week that, um, you know, prime minister in Korea, Han Dok-su, uh, announced that bullying legislation is being introduced to, um, to crack down on, I think specifically the, um, Specifically, the fact that uh, bullying allegations are wiped from people's records after two years, I think. I think they're going mm-hmm. to lengthen mm-hmm. the term that the that the bullying conviction or allegation is uh, visible on the record and like allow for colleges to see that and maybe workplaces to see that um, and, and take it into account. Um, and the the show the glory is listed uh, in the official remarks as being an influence or one reason why now is the time um, that the government's introducing this legislation so uh how do, how do we feel about 
that in the <laughs> the impact of the drama in the real world. I mean, I'd love I'd love to hear Cynthia's take. Um, you know, since you live in Korea, um, just like what is what is the the state of the discourse and the conversation on bullying? Are people really talking about the show and its impact on this? Or is it much bigger than that? Well, I mean, I don't want to be cynical about it, but um, <laughs> please do. Glory, please. We are very cynical about <laughs> yeah. it. The glory, I mean, got a huge sort of PR push from real life events that took place mm-hmm. earlier this year, right? There was this um, lawyer who was a prosecutor, Jung Sung Shin, right? Mm, yeah. And his son, it was revealed that his son was a bullier, and, but he still got into Seoul National University and people mm-hmm. were really angry because they saw in that story, the story of glory. Like yeah. these elites, you know, just not being accountable for their actions, right? And at the same time, there was this um, scandal that broke about a really popular trot singer, I think, in one of those mm. music competition shows. I forget yeah. his name. Maybe it was Hwang young or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just when, you know, the glory was getting traction, there were these real-life examples, stories of bullying happening, you know, in the news and it's like art imitates life or life imitating mm. art. And it just like fed into each other, into this sort of fury. I don't know, you know, yeah. fury, I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, you know, it just made, I think, sort of like the glory into the sort of zeitgeist of Korean mm. society, you know. It's, you know, I think for probably the folks at Netflix, they couldn't believe their luck, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Right, That's right. Funny. I'm sure Net- Netflix loves the headlines that say, you know, the gl- mm-hmm. because of the glory, Korea is cracking down. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when actually, yeah, there's this larger iceberg of context that bullying yeah. has been in the in the national conversation for some years now. Mm-hmm. I remember a, a big wave of especially celebrities being taken down, and the uh, reputations being taken down um, a couple years ago, 2021, mm-hmm. 2020. Um, kind of like I, I don't. I don't want to make big comparisons, but the hashtag Me Too right. movement, like mm-hmm. taking yeah. down people in power, people in the limelight with these allegations. Was, wasn't there a female K-pop idol that was accused of it recently? Yes. Yeah, so Karam uh, mm-hmm. from La Seraphim was accused, and uh, I, I, it, it was. It came out that it was true. Like she, she admitted to to the school bullying and was removed from mm-hmm. La Seraphim. Um, another, another older example I can think mm-hmm. of is in Tiara, yeah. you know, oh, uh, right. members leaving the group because of bullying within the group between the members. Mm. There, and there's the Yelda y- Idol member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. G Idol, a- AOA, the AOA, uh, AOA yeah. Jimin was accused of, Jimin. of bullying Nina so much, so hard that she even had thoughts of suicide and left the group. Yeah. Yeah, so this yeah. this has been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the social impact is like clear, right? That um, back to my point about like <clears throat> success is a meritocracy. If the government cracks down on uh, bullying, then that makes you know people who are successful or like the super rich or the elites, then they must not be bullies because otherwise they would be in jail. Right. Or they wouldn't have gotten into SNU or whatever. So I think it has this um, reinforcing effect actually on oppression. And then um, like on top of that, the glory 
which actually the glory itself um, digs really hard into this theme, um, which is that like bullies are quote unquote like bad people and the justice system or like the legal system uh, like punishes them properly. Like she works with the police, she tries to get them imprisoned. Yeonjin ends up in prison. The idea that like prison is for bad people and that like the government is going to protect us from bullies <laughs> is total nonsense in my opinion, because like, the culture that's that is um, perpetuated by these governments and by these countries, like United States being the prime example, mm. and then Korea being like a secondary example. Actually, it promotes bullying. It promotes this kind of misuse of power, this kind of outlet of aggression, of like the powerful against the powerless. That's how this like that's how oppressive systems work. And the show, and the, of course, the Korean government is going to buy into that and going to glorify that. And they're going to get their like PR win by acting like they're cracking down on bullying um, by giving them like harsher sentences or whatever. But it's just like a reinforces like the carcerality of mm. um, our cultures. And then um, it's even more uh, interesting because because the glory is like really popular in the West and Korea is very much working on its image for the West so that it can like continue to grow and become like a capitalist pillar in like the global economy. This is, I think more than anything for the Western audience, as much as it is for their own Korean citizens and subjects is to show the West, like, you know, how forward and progressive they are, uh, which has, you know, is fucked up, honestly. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I actually thought that recent announcement of changes to the legislation was kind of funny in how they mm -hmm. mentioned the glory and maybe other, you know, mm -hmm. popular Korean dramas. Because if you look at the trend in um, Korean dramas, they show a huge sort of cynicism with institutional yeah. power. Like they don't believe <laughs> yeah. government schools, their teachers, police yeah, officers, teachers are or prosecutors. It. Right. Are, it's all a racket, right? Yeah. And yeah. they're not there to help you. So yeah. <laughs> if you really want to do something about it, you have to help yourself and take extra legal means mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. you know, to That's a good get point. your revenge or, you know, justice served. And you, you talk about, you know, Taxi Driver, I think mm -hmm. Taxi yeah. Driver yeah. 2 is on right now. Yeah. All of these shows are about people going outside of the system, mm -hmm. you know, taking matters into their own hands. Right. right. But not the Netflix funded ones, not Wu Young Wu and not Dong Woo. Ah well. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't go that far. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. Dong Un is still working with the police. She still like spoon feeds the the bullies mm -hmm. to the police or to the prison. Like, here, take them. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, there's not there there's there's like a couple scenes in the beginning about how the teacher how like one bad teacher is in on it, but it's really the parents bribing and I just want a more I want a more nuanced and comprehensive view of how how the culture of the school and culture of work and culture within the home like indoctrinates and rewards mm -hmm. this kind of behavior. It's not just that like evil children sprouted out. 
they were just born like that, <laughs> laughing maniacally and burning each other. <laughs> like, where did this come from? I don't yeah. think enough attention was put on that. And that's what leads like a, a, a the obfuscation of the roots of this um, leads to like PR band-aid measures, like we're going to crack mm-hmm. down. We're going to, you know, put punishments on this and lengthen the time. Yeah, that'll be a deterrent. No, you're not recognized. You're not even looking at, and the show didn't really look at either the roots of it. Why do people become, mm-hmm. why do people, and, and, and I hate to even use the label of bully, right? Because we're talking about a behavior, a culture that we all do we all perpetuate in some some ways small some Mm -hmm. ways big Mm -hmm. um but we all know the um the forces that push us to to treat other people like that to to immediately it's this it's part of the larger culture of hierarchy and authority Mm -hmm. over others like when you you see you meet someone on the street or you meet someone at work and you immediately can get you immediately gauge what rank are they? Are they above me or mm. below me? Mm-hmm. And you play out the script and you act accordingly. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like that type of interaction uh, on a different scale becomes bullying and violence and abuse. Wow. There's you no, know, Korea, yeah. Korean dramas would be great test bed for all of those theories because mm-hmm. as you said, you know, we're a very hierarchical society. We care a lot about what other people think of us. We rank mm. each other, you know, you know, nunchi is part of yeah, that. Yeah, right? mm-hmm, yeah. Sizing each and, other up. And I I was I was watching this old um movie, Killer Suda, because mm, no, I love no. some of the actors in it. But you know, these two new characters, young characters meet for the first time. And, you know, the male, the teen character um, he just immediately gets angry and says, why are you speaking Panmar to me? We don't know each Ooh, other. And uh, I think yeah. I am a little older than you. You know, it's like even teenagers. And, yeah. you know, young kids young. are like, yeah. That's like, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So we're like, you know. Yeah, and we have to ask why. It didn't come for from all of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why do we treat each other like this? It's so, mm-hmm. it feels so bad to everyone involved. It feels bad to those on the bottom. It feels bad and icky to the person on the top. Um, but in terms of like bullies in portraying Korean um, popular media or popular culture, I think there's been this sort of gradual change. Mm-hmm. I remember in earlier dramas or movies, the typical school bullies were, you know, not the rich kids, right? Yeah. There were yeah, the like, gang-pay. you know, the, yeah. the gunpit, the, <laughs> the fighters, the gangster right? kids. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, the one who knows. Rough and tumble. To, exactly. And it was the rich kids who were always like, you know, they had to do all the bang runs, bang shuttles, you know, they had to mm-hmm. pay for everybody's snacks or <laughs> lunches or whatever. <laughs> but over the years, gradually, we've seen the bullies, um, they turn out to be um, the, you know, the rich kids, the mm-hmm. kids who do well in school, mm. the umchina characters mm-hmm. who secretly are actually the worst of the lot, right? Yeah, and they yeah. get their mommy and daddy to get them out of trouble whenever they mm-hmm. do get caught. Oh, yeah. That's like true. even if they pass the legislation in the show, mm-hmm. yeah. Dongun's papers for getting like yeah. leaving school weren't even... Um, 
uh, put based in the on record, bullying. Yeah. yeah, the bullying wasn't mm-hmm. put in the record. Because so. the parent <laughs> bribed it. So that's still going to happen. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> the rich can um, always get out of it. Mm-hmm. And was it Michaela you found, you know, maybe some articles or papers discussing how, you know, it's a sort of when you have this growing gap between mm. the rich and the poor, like, you know, um, you're going to see some of this. Um, depicted yeah. not only in society, but then of course, you know, art imitates life and you'll see it in the stories and the films and the dramas. Yeah. Another another example of that, that's a little bit more subtle. I love the interaction with um, Ha Do-young and his, his driver when he, mm. he makes, the driver makes him hold the umbrella to get the, oh, yeah. the wine from the car. Ooh. And, and he's just like looking at his hand holding the umbrella. <laughs> and it's just, there's there's that tension of like, how, why am I this yeah. higher up being having yep. to hold this for you? Mm. And then in the end, he gives him that wine and he's like, go buy a cheap wine and drink it and then drink this. And then you'll understand the difference in the sense of uh. like, you are the cheap wine. I yeah. am this million dollar William Wan mm. wine. Now you understand <laughs> the difference between us. Yeah. I forgot about that scene. It's Thanks a power for move. It yeah. Yeah. I love, like, I actually, you know, it's, it's very oppressive and harmful and I live for those little scenes. I think Korea writes them so much mm-hmm. better than anyone mm-hmm. else. The subtle power moves, like mm-hmm. the sizing up, the nunchi, like Sky Castle. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, Sky Castle. <laughs> so good. Yeah. All of that. So I, I, I just want more of that. I want more stuff, more of the stuff that actually happens in real life because there's enough tension and drama in that. Oh, good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's why yeah, Sky Castle, me saying like all of those built they they just brought in the tension from real life um power move interactions that would like go under the surface unnoticed. Um they just yeah. Oh yeah, you know who they missed with that on though is Dongun's mom. <laughs> Speaking Ooh, of oh, God. characters oh, that were wow. hard to watch. Yo. Oh my yeah. goodness. Hard to yeah. watch, but I, as somebody who loves watching people play horrible people, I, I enjoyed her character so much. Really? That's like the, the crazy hair, the when she has her foot up at the restaurant, like mm-hmm. all of it was so entertaining to me. Nice. It was not to me. It was, I wasn't sure what they're trying to say with mm-hmm. this character. Like she didn't seem like a real person. Um, I couldn't identify with or hate her because she just wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, a, she was, she was like, another a yeah. caricature. Like a wicked stepmother uh-huh. sort of yeah, character, wicked. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actively taking pleasure in like, how can I hurt my daughter the most? Ha, 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 ha. And we don't have any context as to why she's like that. She just plops into the show causing all this trouble. Like in one sense, you know, this, the glory is about, Tongun's sort of PTSD journey, yeah. right? Mm, yeah. You know, the first episode sets out the origin story of her mm-hmm. PTSD. And then mm. you just see her sort of, a lot of you, I mean, a lot, you know, I guess, Amir, you were, you just couldn't relate to Tongun's character because she was yeah. so emotionless, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just so unrelatable. But I guess, you know, the writer explained it in terms of her emotional state, like she's suffering from trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. And through this drama, 
you know, you're curious and how is she going to get through the tunnel, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think she got through the tunnel? Like she <laughs> survived? And I think part of it was um, you the trigger for this, you know, for my line of thinking here is when you were talking about the wicked stepmother, the mm-hmm. mother character, all of the adults in her life, her early life kind of betrayed her, right? Mm-hmm. I guess they wanted to set that up in part one. And then in part two, they do a sort of half-assed job at the end of trying to um, set up these new sort of more healthy adults. Remember right. her landlord? Oh, right. Um, yeah. even, even the maid kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even though she's a victim as well, she's a nice person, <laughs> kind-hearted mm-hmm. person. Um, she also has a couple of allies. I think one from her, maybe the nurse teacher. Or right. Health, yeah, 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 yeah. She comes cool in nurse. a lot more in part two, yeah. Yeah. But they just don't have the impact of the mm-hmm. evil adult characters, right? From yeah. part one. I guess for me, yeah. there was a sort of imbalance there. But mm-hmm. back to the original question, do you think she made it? She came the, out of the, through uh, the other side. Yeah, no. she came yeah, out of the other she, side. She didn't change at all. Yeah, she didn't change mm. at all. I didn't see a change. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they had like a scene at the end where she like actually smiling and laughing with um, Ye, Ye Jung. Oh, but Ye it Jung, just, yeah. it seemed forced. Like I couldn't, I was like, this is absurd. Um, but yeah, your point about how like the people who are helping her, they don't really have an impact on her, I think is like really good point. Like she's not actively trying to heal from the PTSD. I mean, most, there was actually like only one scene in the show that they just played over and over again, which was her telling the bullies that she's going to hurt them Mm -hmm. and then them trying to like intimidate her. And then her giving them like a one-liner dunking on them and then them (laughs) getting like really upset about it. (laughs) I felt like we watched that interaction 800 times and Mm. fair enough. Like if that's what she was living for, that's fine. But like, that's not healing. (laughs) Like I don't don't think she got through the tunnel at all. (laughs) That's my take. uh, But I'm curious to hear what other people think. I would also say that Dongun's goal wasn't to get out of the tunnel. Like she in the last few episodes Mm -hmm. was in the process of about of committing suicide at the place that Sohi died. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe that's a little with with that scene and how how, uh, Mm -hmm. Yojung's mother, the hospital director, comes in and saves her at the end. I feel like that was a a, a quick little little attempt to show that she has Mm -hmm. changed in, in that sense of now her you know, after having achieved her goal, you know, she, her original plan was just to die, to be to be right. satisfied with this glory that she has. Whereas now she's found love, question mark, and is yeah. trying to live for herself or, or, and, you know, wants to go back to school and become an architect or whatever. So. Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, I found that scene kind of um, like, it didn't really like Im- unbelievable, you know. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah. She comes Eagle out of nowhere. How did, how did yeah, she get yeah. there? Right? How did she know? Right. Yeah. I mean, obvious. I actually think. I actually, Michaela, your point about like she, her end, the end was just her stepping off the ledge, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she had no, you know, hope of coming the other side, coming out on the other side. So I think they really had to make more of an effort to explain 
her change of heart. Yeah. You know? Mm, yes. And I don't think that scene did it enough. No. I, I don't think it was successful. Yeah. In- yeah. Yeah. Day late and a dollar short. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> But they should have and they could have explored that much more fully, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe so with the landlord character, mm-hmm. a little right. bit more splice with the landlord character. Because um, I forget the actress's name, but, you know, mm. she is such a wonderful actress. Yeah. I think she could have really sort of reeled it in, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, where they, where they reveal mm-hmm. the, the hidden shared trauma at the end. Yeah, yeah uh, but, you know. Oh, that was late too. Yeah. Yeah. Son, Son Suk is the name, okay. actress's yes, name. Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. Who, plays uh-huh. the, who plays the landlord the where landlord. she realizes that when Tongun was a, a teenager, she had actually previously attempted to, to commit suicide, I believe, in the river. But Son Suk who was also there to, you know, assumably do the same thing because of <laughs> the, the grief from her, her child dying, you know, saves her. And it's like, you know, let's just die in the spring, I believe is the translation, right? So she's mm. like, let's not die, but like continue on and bloom in the mm-hmm. spring. Mm. What, what do you think, Cynthia? Oh, you know, I had a problem with part two in that I really didn't love the love scenes. Me neither. I, uh. So I fast forward those scenes and I think uh. I missed some stuff. <laughs> uh, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, there was more of a kind of a cathartic wrap up storyline between the two. But then, you know, the very final scene, that, that was like so cheesy. Do you remember mm, yeah. when they walk through some sort of gate or an arch together yes, and to it's go to like work. all sunshine. <laughs> and oh yeah, like, and they're what? going to the is prison, this the same, right? going to work. Is this yeah. the same show? Yeah. <laughs> it's just whenever the two came on, suddenly it was like, you know, the music was corny. Suddenly it was the, rom-com, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah pastel yeah. colors. And yes. Yeah, I, was I, wanna, just like, I wanna blame the director for this one. Yeah, I, because I, you, I had a similar <laughs> issue with another show that he directed, Memoir, Memories of the Alhambra. Oh, really? Where that show is clearly <gasps> about uh, Hyunbin dealing with PTSD. Mm. But then for some reason they have uh, the, the female lead crying and like, falling into his arms being like I love you and it just <laughs> they, they there's a forced k-drama love arc in in, yeah. each, in these shows that you know in order for it not to be completely depressing they they have the love story yeah, yeah I don't I don't know why you just can't make male female relationships that aren't all that can be very Hello. supportive and close right. like I love um, stranger, Pimirisu, Peduna, mm-hmm. right? And Chosungu, mm-hmm. you know? Chosungu actually's character is kind of interesting too, because remember he had some surgery as a child that sort of snapped mm. off his emotion. The <laughs> 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 centers of feeling That's emotion, funny. right? In his brain, <laughs> which made him seem like a Tongun character. Or, you know, mm. actually, you see a lot of these sort of characters in yes. K-dramas, right? Yes, Strong, you do. silent type. Yeah. Oh my There's God. always one explanation given for another. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, but what I liked about... Pimiru Soup is, you know, he, his relationship with Peduna was never romantic, but it was so mm. supportive and warm, yes. you know? Yeah. That's interesting. I've never seen it, but it reminds me of Mising. Mm-hmm. Or Nai Ajushi, my bad. No, Nai Ajushi. Nai Ajushi. Yes. 
um, where they, I was like, is this going to be a love story? But yeah, like, with the age gap. That would be creepy. Yeah. That's I, know, like creepy. I, know. <laughs> I don't know. I was down for it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely wanted him to divorce his wife. But anyway, we're right, not talking about that show. Unrelated, unrelated. But yeah, Back they did the a good job of, yeah, they did a good job of making it just like a supportive, yeah, like male-female relationship. It was, yeah, it was tender. It was slowly paced. Mm-hmm. You actually believed like how, how long it took for them to build trust with each other and like build that care. I did not see that here with like any relationship <laughs> in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's such a shame. I know that K-dramas can excel at that. They can do it so well. Yeah. Not you know, anything. Stephanie, going back to your early point about, you know, the X factor in K-dramas. Yeah. We call them human dramas. Mm. Like we call this sort of genre where they really kind of try to explore different characters, their relationships to one another. Yeah. Explaining, you know, their motivations. That goes along with the plot, right? Um, That's what we call, I mean, human drama, which sounds kind of (laughs) odd, but yeah, it actually means drama. People, mm. character-driven drama, right? Yeah. yeah maybe that's well, what I like. Mm. I think so. Because, you know, some of your criticisms of these Netflix drama, I think goes back to maybe a point I made earlier with yeah. you about Netflix originals content that's been quintessentially genre Drama, genre content, yeah. zombies mm-hmm. and thrillers yes. and yeah. revenge porn, right? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I cited Kilboxen, the recent drama yep. um, movie, as basically like a John Wick ripoff, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that they're made <laughs> terribly, like they're made really well. Great yeah. production value. If you compare sure. it to other like older Korean movies, you mm. can totally taste the difference, see the difference, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but, you know, they are genre content because it's easier for international audiences to relate to that Hmm. than very Korean dramas based on Korean characters, you know, localized stories and relationships, right? And it's kind of natural. Like Netflix is a global platform, right? The audience isn't strictly Korean or even Asian. Yeah, but like Korean, the Korean, I don't know, like... The human drama element, like Korean people portraying Korean people in their dramas and like the actual lives they live and the the problems they have and the relationships they build, um, I think is far, it's just far more compelling. And if something is made for a global audience, in my mind, what that usually means is it's just made for a white audience Mm. Um, and it's made Mm. for white people and it's made for that type of culture, Mm. like American capitalist patriarchal culture. That's like mm-hmm. extremely oppressive, which is why I think we get stuff like The Glory when it's funded by Netflix, um, as opposed to like some of the more like pre-Netflix funded like K-dramas and, and Korean shows, which they kind of like, even the super nationalistic ones like Queen Sunduk and, and things Kak-shi-tal. like that. Yeah, or Kakshital, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's kind of nice that they don't have that global... Um, stage where they're trying to perform for the white gaze. I don't know. I, I think that content is always going to be better because <laughs> it's more authentic. <laughs> when people are telling their own stories for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's what that's what I connect with as a viewer. I connect mm-hmm. with Korean stories that do that. Mm-hmm. I connect with black cinema 
that does mm. that. A yeah. lot of black cinema does not. Right. But some does tell stories from the black perspective to us. And yeah. you just feel the care taken in the writing. Yeah. Even though I'm not Korean, those yeah. those dramas are just more, I don't know, they're just more entertaining, more interesting. I, I like them a lot more. Well, you know, to to be honest, I think the trend is like all of this, all of future, current and future, I think Korean dramas will be looking towards international markets. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we yeah. have a huge OTT war going on, mm-hmm. Wave, TVA, Coupang, mm-hmm. like everyone's getting in the game mm-hmm. and they know that they can sell the content to international audiences as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're always going to wonder, you know, can we pr- make the next kingdom or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. next squid game, yeah. the glory and all yeah. of that. So I think we'll see, you know, mini versions of this, cheaper versions maybe, or, you know, maybe big funded versions. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Probably but both. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to sort of trickle down to the whole industry as a whole, like the whole drama industry as a whole. Yeah. That makes sense. They're not paying me to say this, but I <laughs> highly recommend people get Vicky if they want to watch K dramas and not try yeah. to watch them just former, on Netflix. Former employer, <laughs> not paying it's my to say former this. employer. It's, de- it's definitely former. Oh, company. you're all Vicky alumni. Yeah, that's hey. wild. <laughs> yeah. Well, is there anything we haven't covered that we wanted to discuss? I mean, I I want to I want to just like get straight to the question of um, does dramatized fictional portrayal of uh, bullying, torture, like those scenes, does like having that portrayed in the media, is it helpful to ending bullying in the real world? For me, um, I think it's not uh, the, it's not that it's actually, um, oh, oh, I forgot the word, sorry. Um, But it's, it's actually what happens next. Um, You know, it's not about the crime, but not exactly punishment either, but punishment is part of it. But is, you know, what happens afterwards? And do people realize, oh, if you do these things, it not only hurts others, but you hurt yourself. And in the end, you will be punished in some form or another. Mm -hmm. If if that's dramatized in a thoughtful way, I think can be effective, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's shown like... um, Consequences, that's what I mean. Consequences. Like natural consequences. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the pain that causes people like um, to hurt people, right? It's, it's, it's kind of starting with hurting themselves, right? Yeah. You start by hurting yourself and then the, you get kind of permission to hurt other people because you're, you're hurt. And mm-hmm. um, if you're going to portray, I agree with Cynthia, like that, the, the emotional and spiritual impact that it has on you to do things like that has to be talked about and portrayed. And I think to add a layer to that, it has to be talked about in context of oppression, of colonialism, of mm. racism, sexism, mm-hmm. and class. Mm-hmm. Like you have to put it in context of those things. Um, it's like, not just bad people doing yeah. bad things to good right, people. Right, right, That's right. Too specificity, you're right. right. Yeah. Like why mm-hmm. are certain types of violence illegal and certain types of violence are not, mm-hmm. right? That's not an accident. 
that's based mm. on oppression. And so like, yeah, I don't know. I think if that stuff is actually talked about, but then, you know, it wouldn't really be a blockbuster, <laughs> a blockbuster <laughs> show. It wouldn't be a money-making product, right? Then it would be like kind of subversive. And uh, so I, I don't know. That's Can't have that. How I think about it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to wait for Netflix mm. to address this mm, properly, mm, mm. but I do think it is possible. <laughs> yeah. Cynthia, Juvenile I Justice. Mm-hmm. I recommend that show. That okay. was a Netflix we'll show. And out. I think it did a much more, you know, nuanced in, mm. but it was still so, um, how do I say? Like it was so emotional. Mm. Like, right. I like you know, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. great drama, but mm. it was more insightful, very insightful. You've, you have everything you want in the drama. Mm. As well, there's also that sort of like the not I wouldn't call it thrill of the chase, but there were you know cliffhangers in yeah. the show as well because you're trying to catch the bad guys, <laughs> okay, uh-huh. bring them to justice, you sure, know. Sure. <laughs> but I just it was such a better emotional payoff for me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we'll yeah. check it out. Yeah, that 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 was going to be my my last question. Is so for again, we have a, a larger global audience. You know, this is their first. Korean drama that they've watched. Uh, where where do you and or us uh, gay drama fans send them next? Like, where would we? Uh, what other shows oh. would we suggest people go to next if they've if enjoyed? they liked the glory or if they, <laughs> well, if, they if, if, if well if they like the glory right. or if maybe they you know agree with you <laughs> and think that there's a lot more that could be done better. What what are those examples of of, of shows? So Cynthia, you say. Uh, juvenile justice if you i actually think dp which is another mm. um, netflix drama did a great De- look deporter. at lo- wait no not deporter um, deserter it's wonderful and you know i think deep is the example of a show that couldn't have been made by a korean broadcaster because they're so critical of the korean army like oh. the institution Really, right? The, their culture, mm. and you know, it, it's there. Are so many bullies there. There's so much oppression. Mm-hmm. There's so much. Yeah, it's built torture, in. right? Yeah, yeah. And but it's so they critical. Take pride in it, right? Yeah. And I think you know, it was only made possible because Netflix funded it. You know, mm. that I think gave the freedom to the director and writer to really tell the story that he wanted to. Wow. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll but check my favorite out. drama of last year was My Liberation Notes. And that's... Oh, yeah. Right? That was sweet. Yeah. I didn't finish that one. Maybe I'll pick it back up. I haven't watched <laughs> it. It is longish. <laughs> it's pretty long. I couldn't hang. Yeah, I it was mean, a lot. I know. I would be curious what Michaela would say because uh, my yeah. obvious recommendation is Napun Namja. Um, <laughs> bad boy. Yeah, yeah. I had to think about it for a second, but I was like, mm-hmm. it's, I'm pretty sure it's Namja. Yeah, bad boy. Um, yeah. If if you if you like the premise of the glory, but like didn't connect with the character, then I I would recommend bad boy because it's just a lot of fun. Like it's like the glory in my opinion, but more it's just more relaxed. There's way more humor. His revenge plot is way funnier than Dong than Dongun's because <laughs> um, it's mostly about embarrassing them. It's not this like dark like I'm going to be an executioner. It's. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I enjoyed it a lot um, for what it's worth. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything else off the no, top of my head. No, just pick one. Michaela. But yeah, I'm curious what Michaela would say. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, this is so hard for me as well because I've been I've been thinking about this. So if if you were like Only me one. and you connected with <laughs> Mundong, <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like uh, uh, you know sticking with Netflix, I would send people to a, a show that came out last year called Remarriage and Divorce, mm. which is another similar uh, revenge drama um, centered centered around a female character. Um, who is at wits with another female character? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it, it's it's probably if if I give the glory number one, it's number two for me wow. as far oh, as like cool. these Netflix revenge mm-hmm. thrillers. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Um, I think that if folks are are intrigued by the the potential twinkle of social commentary that the glory like claims to have, but doesn't really execute on, you should watch Sky Castle. Oh yeah. Uh, I think the, the rich quote, the the rich bully villain characters in Sky Castle are a hundred times more compelling and well-rounded. Like you can actually get a picture of the conditions and the culture that make people this way. I, I feel like if, if the yep. glory had taken more inspiration from how that was written, it would have been so much better. Mm-hmm. And there's a little revenge plot in there too, from a, a working class <laughs> character. <which is> fun. <laughs> thriller too. Thriller. Yeah. A yeah, little thriller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a great recommendation too. All right. I think that'll do it for our episode. Woo! Oh, I love this. <laughs> All right. So just wrapping up, you know, Cynthia, it was an absolute pleasure to have you as our guest. Like, I can't believe I haven't invited you earlier, but, you know, (laughs) look forward to having you on again and again. Yes, agree. Um, It was so much fun. I know. Me too. I love dishing on K-dramas. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that show that um, you have on KBS, want to tell us where we can find it? Um, I guess the easiest way to um, find it is maybe through its its Instagram account. Okay. One Fine Day. KBS One Fine Day. And then they'll give you the KBS One Fine Day. Mm -hmm. And then they'll give you all the links to the various apps through which you can catch it live or the recording, recorded contents, recorded episodes as well. Awesome. And where can we find you online? Like on Twitter or on Instagram or wherever. I don't do much. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. You can't, you can't find her. Me neither. Yeah, that's her show, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny that you asked. I mean, uh, my, <laughs> my stuff is really random, so. No problem. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> you know, the Ningden noodles that I'm enjoying that day. Or... Mm. <laughs> oh, Cynthia is a huge foodie, by nice. the way. Yes, that's another one of <laughs> loves. What about you, Stephanie and PD Nim? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at sparker2. And I'm on Twitter at Michaela J. K-pop. And you can find me at the K-pop cast Slack. And you can tweet all of us at the K-pop cast. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Again, thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our guest, Cynthia. Thank you to our basically... K drama cast only co-host Gee Dragon, (laughs) 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 holding it down for the drama discussion as usual. And thank you for the research, PD Me, Michaela. That's it for the show. We'll catch you next time. Bye.